You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. So today, what we're going to do, maybe if you've been with us for a little while, you might have, have had one of these experiences before, but we are going to together have another Connect Group experience right here this morning. At, at Liberty, we, we believe wholeheartedly in community. You know, recently we went away on camp. Our theme of camp was we are family. The idea that as individuals, we are from different backgrounds, different walks of life, but together through faith in Jesus Christ, we are brothers and sisters, children of the living God. And therefore, we're family. And so in light of that, we don't want to just be a church that has a couple of connect groups. We want to be a church of connect groups. You know what I mean? Like where everyone, where every single one of us are linked in throughout the week in a smaller community of like-minded people for encouragement, support, all of those kind of things. And the thing is, I don't know, maybe it's the same for you as well. When it comes to a Sunday morning, you might get a chance to maybe, if you're lucky, chat with three or four different people. And before you know it, the day's moving on and you've got to go somewhere else and you don't get that chance to really go deeper with people and build those meaningful relationships. But that's where connect groups are such a blessing because you get to journey through life. Really, probably life groups would be a better way of talking about them because you're doing life with a smaller group of people where you're in regular communication, you're sharing prayer needs, you're meeting practical needs, you're encouraging one another, all of that sort of thing as you all go on your walk with God. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to have a little taster of what it's like to be in a connect group. We're going to break up into smaller groups here And if you're online, you will not miss out either. You won't get to have a discussion in a group, but you'll get to participate in this experience as well. Yeah, loving God, we thank you so much for your grace towards us, for your your word that leads us in all truth. And God, we, we know that in our world today, more than ever before, we need to be people who live wisely. We need to follow your ways and not the highways. We need to follow what you say is true, not what others would say are the wide range of truths in this world. And so, God, we pray that as we have this experience together, as we, as we enjoy some personal reflection, listening to something, and then as we break it down in more detail together and, and learn from one another and encourage one another, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in our hearts and, and teach us more what it is to, to be wise in our age. So we, we pray that you would bless this time and just guide us, Lord, today. In all truth, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been with us previously, if you've recently come along, maybe you, you haven't had a chance to do one of these, but we've done a couple of Bible Project reflections over the years, which are great. And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with the Bible Project, the Bible Project is a not-for-profit that exists to provide free studies, videos, lots of great in 
in-depth resources that help people to experience the Bible as, as a unified story, one big story that leads to Jesus. And so you'll get a bit of a taste of what this looks like today. So let's just, let's just take a moment to pray and invite God to, to speak and to our hearts and bless us as we open up his word together right now. And what we're going to be doing, just so you're aware, is this is just going to be a listening activity. So we're not going to be watching anything on the screen. It'll just be an audio that'll be played. So wherever you are, just a good opportunity just to pause, get in your own headspace to just hear what the Lord might be saying to you today. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that even right now as we, as we pause, as we stop, as we sit, as we seek to abide in your very presence, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through this reflection, that you would bring your truth to our ears, but that your truth would not just sit in our ears, but your truth would penetrate deep down within our souls, deep down within our hearts so that our hearts are transformed to be the heart of Christ, so that our, our, our minds, our actions, our whole beings are brought in and conform with your own image, Lord, and your own thoughts. May we have the mind of Christ, Lord, even as your word is open and we sit with it today. Would you breathe life into our bodies through your word today? In a spiritual sense, God, taking us deeper, taking us further, drawing us closer to yourself. We want to abide in you, Jesus. Teach us to do that even through this activity we're sharing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this one is, as I said, a Bible project reflection, and it's called How to Live Wisely. What does it mean to fear the Lord and be wise? Hey friends, this is Sheree at Bible Project. In this episode of Reflections, we continue our wisdom series by opening the book of Proverbs. Tim is here today to help us understand what it means to fear the Lord and live in wisdom. Following his message, Michelle will read from Proverbs chapter 1. And stay tuned, because after the Bible reading, we'll have a chance to reflect and pray for wisdom to make the decisions we're facing right now. Listen in. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Mackey from The Bible Project. And if you're reading the Old Testament, uh, you'll come across what feel like some of the most practical and profound books of the whole Bible. They're sometimes called the wisdom books that include Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job, and sometimes the Song of Songs. And these books are all exploring from different angles the question of how one goes about attaining true wisdom that leads to the good life. And Proverbs, in one sense, is the most straightforward of all these books. And lucky for us, it comes with a handy introduction paragraph. The opening verses are a lot like a summary that you find on the back cover of a book. And it tells you what the book is all about and what you're going to get from reading it. And this packed little paragraph in verses 1 through 7 of Proverbs chapter 1, it introduces the key words and themes of the whole book. And it promises a reward for the person who's going to read it. We're told this is a collection of Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. 
Now, later in the book, there's going to be groups of proverbs from other people too, but this opening is saying that Solomon is like the godfather of the wisdom reflection in the biblical story, and so this book's genesis goes back to him. Now, that word proverb, it's the Hebrew word mashal, and it means simply a comparison or an analogy. So a proverb is when you compare one thing with another thing, and then the similarity or the difference invites you to ponder and then reflect and learn. Proverbs 26.17 is my favorite example. Like a person who grabs a stray dog by the ears, so is the person who gets involved in other people's quarrels. So somebody's past run-in with a dog is compared with another unwise decision to get dragged into somebody else's conflict. And that's where Proverbs come from. They're the wisdom of generation of people's lived experience, and they're packed into short, creative comparisons that help later generations ponder and learn, hopefully, to go on and make their own wiser decisions. So that's what the rest of the introduction goes on to say. This book is going to help the reader come to know wisdom and correction to comprehend words of understanding. So the basic assumption of wisdom literature is that life is complex, that it's puzzling, and that it's hard to understand. And from our earliest years, humans were looking for answers. We're looking for stability and for how to find the best way forward. And someone who has found that way and who's learned to navigate all of life's challenges and complexities, this person is called wise. So the Hebrew word here is chokmah. And wisdom is a pretty good translation, except that wisdom in our language is focused on mental activity, like about knowing or understanding. And in Hebrew, chokmah is about practical knowledge or know-how. So when Solomon employs a bunch of skilled artists to design and create wood and gold pieces for the temple, their abilities are called chokmah. It can also be translated as skill. So in Proverbs, wisdom is about developing decision-making skills that lead to a flourishing life. So it's about knowing the possibilities, but also the limits of being human in our world. And chokmah isn't just about knowing these things. You show that you have chokmah by actually making wise decisions. And so in Proverbs, the person who knows the wise thing to do but actually doesn't do it, that's not a wise person. That's a fool. So up to this point, Proverbs sounds like a manual for life. If I just learn the right formula for every decision I'll have to make in life, I'm going to succeed. But here's the thing. No single book, not even Proverbs, can anticipate everything that you're going to face in life. The book would need to be a thousand times longer, and even that wouldn't be long enough. And this is where verse 7 of the introduction comes into play. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowing. Fools despise wisdom and correction. Now, we could spend a long time studying this phrase, the fear of the Lord or the fear of Yahweh. There are many layers to it. But in its essence, the fear of Yahweh means knowing my place before God in the universe and living accordingly. So I'm a tiny little dependent creature and all of my life and my energy and knowledge, it all comes from outside myself, given to me by other people and ultimately given to me by God. And so what that means is that I'm not the author of my own existence, and I'm not the author of what is good and not good in the world. This is why verse 3 of the introduction said, the wisdom of Proverbs gives insight into righteousness and justice and uprightness. These are relational and ethical terms. They describe our ability to do right by other people and how to discern between right and wrong. But who gets to decide what the boundary line is between right and wrong. And in the biblical story, 
God is the one who has the wisdom to decide such a thing. And humans become wise by learning those boundaries and treating people accordingly. This is the person who has combined wisdom with the fear of the Lord. And so Proverbs aren't like a manual that can tell you what to do in every life situation. They function a lot more like a compass that's given to us by generations of God's people who have lived in the fear of Yahweh. And so these Proverbs give us moral discernment. They give us a true north as we navigate through life's real puzzling and challenging situations. And if you know what direction north is, if you're open-minded to receive wisdom from other people, including the Proverbs, then eventually you'll discover what you're supposed to do in a given situation, not because you won't make mistakes, but because you'll learn from those mistakes as you combine wisdom with the fear of the Lord. For followers of Jesus, we look to Jesus himself as the ultimate embodiment of God's wisdom in a human life. Jesus' life and his teachings, it's like they bring the wisdom of Proverbs to their fulfillment. And his true north was to do the will of God by surrendering his life for others so that they could truly live. For Jesus, true wisdom is displayed when you're loving God and when you're loving your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he said this was the main command he gave to his followers, to love others as he loved them. So may God give us the wisdom uh, and the courage that we need to live wisely and love others as we go into the week ahead. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Now let's pause to review. The book of Proverbs helps us understand how to be wise. It teaches us that true wisdom isn't just knowing about the right things. It's actually doing the right things. But how do we know what the right decisions are in every situation? Well, the Bible tells us that God accurately understands what's good and what's bad. So to be wise, we must first admit that our own perspectives are limited. And God knows what's up even when we can't begin to comprehend it. When we look to him instead of ourselves, this is called the fear of the Lord. And it's where all wisdom starts. It's from this humble posture of dependence that we can begin to really learn from God and live in light of what he says is wise. So what does he say is wise? Well, Jesus shows us the way. He perfectly embodies wisdom and summarizes what it means by calling us to love others as he loved us. So let's reflect more on this, this calling to love others as Jesus loved us. I have three things for you to consider as you make decisions today. 
Listen closely, and if you need more time, just press pause. Here's our first reflection. What is one specific decision that impacts others that you are weighing right now? And now our second reflection. Has Jesus faced a decision that impacted others in a similar way? How did he wisely love others with his choice? And now our final reflection. With all this in mind, what could it look like to wisely love others with your decision? Thanks for joining us for today's reflection. Now in closing, let's pray together with Paul's prayer from Philippians chapter 1. This is my prayer, he writes, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. God, you are the wise creator. You know what's truly best. Help us to trust and follow your loving wisdom in the big and small decisions we make every day. Increase our love for one another. May we love others the way you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.